Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the On The Pony Express podcast. Part of the On3 network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. One, two, three. Here we go. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening, as always. Guys, big, big game for SMU at Memphis, 11 a.m. Central on ESPN2 this week. But we've got to first lead off with some of the final thoughts from that game over North Texas uh, as SMU is able to come away with the win. Uh, for me, looking back on that game, I'm really impressed with how the defense circled the wagons. I haven't seen many times in SMU's history, and I asked Rhett Lashley about this after the game, that type of a dominant half from an SMU team just overall. But I do feel like it was kind of rooted in the defense's turnaround, and they allowed 14 points in the first half. It was 17-14. It was a ball game. And the defense did not play as in my opinion, poorly, as some would think with the score being what it was. They were an offsides away from getting off the field and forcing a field goal try, which makes it would have been 17-10 at the half if everything kind of remains the same. But instead, they jump offside on the field goal. North Texas goes for it. There was a lot that they had to clean up. But from what we've seen in that against for that defense throughout the the, the season, they hadn't they weren't playing up to their standard again, coming off of a, a rice game where SMU had moments where they certainly weren't tackling well. Um, they weren't able to get off the field and, you know, special teams were, were a mess and things like that. But in the second half, that defensive effort I thought was awesome. And what SMU was able to put together by kind of tweaking some of their coverage plans um, really frustrated North Texas SMU mixed them up a little bit more when went a little bit more man mixed some zones things like that to fix some of the issues uh, in terms of receivers kind of running quite frankly open I mean we had a we, we saw a coverage bust uh, from SMU that was a I believe 54 yard gain um, and then there were some other great throws by Chandler Chandler Rogers and and uh, the North Texas receivers making plays and then on the offensive side SMU just absolutely whipped North Texas's uh, defensive line up front. I, I felt like that was one of the more dominant performances I've seen um, from an offensive line perspective since I've been covering the team. Um, granted, the opponent is what it is in terms of being the worst defense in the country, and SMU was able to, able, able to get over the 300-yard mark. But um, what they were able to do in that game was really, really impressive to me. And so – I don't think it should be lost um, on people that SMU against a team that had played the class of the AAC in terms of the other three top four teams 
to one score games each of the last three weeks. SMU came out in the second half and opened up a 45-14 lead, and then North Texas scores late to make it 45-21. That is why you're seeing SMU jump up in terms of uh, respect within the conference and uh, overall people saying, okay, now SMU can take that and you know, be the New Year's Six favorite. They can be the favorite to win the American. They can be the favorite to beat Tulane or UTSA, whoever comes out of, of that side of things if they get past Memphis this weekend. And SMU will have to exercise a demon uh, on Saturday at 11 a.m. They haven't won up at the Liberty Bowl in years now. We've known SMU and Memphis to play some great football games over the years, but they have not gone SMU's way up there in Memphis. This week, they've got to win at Memphis to really obviously control their own destiny in the AAC um, because they don't play Tulane. They don't play UTSA. Those two teams face each other next week. Memphis already lost to Tulane, and um, SMU is going to have to go up to Memphis and get a win. And kind of touching on some injuries before we get into kind of a full kind of preview of that and kind of how things stand going into it. I think SMU is going to be without the right tackle, Hyron White. Uh, he was at practice observing on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. And Rhett Lashley, you know, basically said he's probably going to be out. And then Preston Stone said he'll be missed and things like that. So it doesn't look good for the big right tackle out of DeSoto, which is is really tough. And I, I wouldn't sit here and say that Hyron has been a top three offensive line for SMU. I think he's been probably their fourth best lineman right there with Logan Parr, <clears throat> but he's big, he's physical, he's a veteran, and you hate to see that for him. And SMU has to kind of rotate among the guard spots, guys like um, uh, Ja'Kai Clark, Ben Sparks, Cam Irving, uh, a bunch of different options along with Logan Parr if Justin Osborne's going to be a right tackle. This week, good thing is you are going to have P.J. Williams to step in and play at times if needed. Uh, so that is important. He's out of the concussion protocol. He was going to be, um, you know, uh, probably your right tackle against North Texas. If I'm just kind of guessing if how the flow of the game would have continued if he didn't have that concussion. Um, but instead, uh, it was Justin Osborne kicking out the right tackle. And boy, he did a great job for SMU. And, you know, they're going to uh, have to figure out um, – you know, probably some now that Memphis will have had, had like a full week to scout this, maybe they'll be faced with some adversity up front, but they're going to have to find a way to uh, produce still because uh, this offense is going to have to keep pace with a Memphis offense that honestly probably presents the most issues for SMU since they played Oklahoma. Just looking at their running back, Blake Watson. And what he can do reminds me a, a little bit of some of the OU backs that they had just in terms of production and ability to also catch the football. Uh, that was something that OU hurt SMU with up there in Norman. <clears throat> and so um, Seth Hennigan has also done a really nice job against SMU throughout his career. He's a little banged up. He was hurt against Charlotte, but he's going to play. He's going to be in this ball game for the Tigers looking to, you know, once again at Memphis, um, beat his uh, 
you know, hometown team. He's a Denton Ryan kid, he's coach's son, and uh, he's going to try to uh, beat the Mustangs um, once again at the Liberty Bowl. And he is one of the best quarterbacks in the American. And for Preston Stone, this is an opportunity for him to really stake his claim to being uh, one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the conference, just from a, you know, skins on the wall. Uh, you can kind of go into different games and, and feel really good about yourself. Granted, SMU has had success with Preston under center and, and Preston is coming off a strong showing against North Texas. I thought he was, he was terrific considering he didn't practice all week, but this is your first game since Oklahoma as the season has kind of played out that you're facing a team above 500. Um, I, I don't think SMU's schedule, I could be wrong, but I, I don't believe they've played a, a team that has been a, above 500 um, since um, Oklahoma. And so this is a huge test and they're going to face a defense that is not very good statistically 104th in the country. And I understand why SMU is hovering around a nine point favorite against Memphis this week. And it's probably because of that defense. SMU has been able to play well against poor defenses. Charlotte had its fifth, fifth, fourth or fifth string running back go off for about 200 yards last week. I mean, he had had one career carry going into the game. That's the type of defense you are going into the Liberty Bowl to face. At the same time, Seth Hennigan and what he's been able to do with this offense, and you couple him with Blake Watson, who's nearing 1,000 yards on the ground, you're going to have to play very well defensively, and your offense is going to have to capitalize on opportunities. And again, this is the first time SMU's facing a team that is above 500 since OU. And Seth Hennigan is you know, been known to find ways to to win key games. That's why they're eight and two. Um, that's why they, you know, been able to be in ball games against Tulane and 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 Missouri and and teams like that. Now this is a watered down conference, but ultimately for SMU and we kind of this year has gone fairly similar to what we thought. I thought the second hardest game going into the year would be against East Carolina. And sure enough, I would argue it was Rice. I did not envision a special teams meltdown. That game should have been a lot more, um, you know, uh, one-sided towards SMU. I mean, the phantom holding call, special teams, that's why they play the games. But we knew going into the season that Memphis would be the hardest game on the schedule. And you look up and they're eight and two. And they, you know, played Tulane really well. They played at Missouri really well. They've they've got some skins on the wall in that respect. Uh, they've beaten Boise State, um, which you know is is not you know their usual self, but they're five and five. Um, they're they're not a bad football team. But now all that you plan for in terms of your season comes down to one game at the Liberty Bowl and trying to exercise a demon that has been on SMU's back uh, for a decade now. And to do that, Preston Stone is going to have to be at his best. And <clears throat> I do think him having that week off, basically, against uh, North Texas was not a bad thing. Him getting to rest his arm, him getting to watch, observe, coach a little bit, those are all really good things. And so um, 
SMU is going to need Preston Stone uh, to be at his best and to take advantage of that time off and to come back around now and say, all right, now it's my time uh, to go out and, and show why I'm such a that I should be a highly thought of quarterback in this conference because he has a chance to really stake his claim to that type of a a legacy in a way um, as SMU heads toward the ACC. This is a massive, massive game for him overall. And so uh, SMU is going to have to be ready to go. And that involves uh, SMU you know, getting the best from uh, from his court from their quarterback. And so um, that's why uh, I'm I like SMU in this one. I like them by double digits, uh, but they're going to have to be ready to go overall uh, offensively. So speaking of ready to go, uh, you're going to want to be ready to go to the game on Saturday. And that's why we partnered with Game Time to make your uh, game ticket buying experience the easiest around. Uh, game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country right now. And when you go through the Game Time app, it's so easy. It takes two taps just to buy your tickets. You can find last minute tickets. They have flash deals. You see the zone deals. Uh, they're easy to find and you can buy tickets for concerts, games, whatever with the Game Time app. So you can view seats across the venue. You know, if you go in and you, you look at that flash deal there, click to unlock it. Wow. Okay. $14 each, $120. You're sitting about the 40 yard line. That's pretty good. There's the view from the seat if you're watching it on our YouTube channel. So check out the Game Time app. They've got the ability to hook you up with this super easy ticket buying uh, experience. And for those of you who have struggled with the ticket buying experience, that's why you've got to check out Game Time. And it's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind. And they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money. That's why they have the Game Time Guarantee, which means you always get the best price. You can use the Game Time Guarantee to credit you 110% of the difference if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PONY for $20 off your first purchase. P-O-N-Y, that's the code for $20 off. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So shout out Game Time for uh, partnering with us. Uh, at On the Pony Express. And uh, for me, I, I look at this SMU uh, game against Memphis and how do you stop uh, what Memphis has going um, offensively? Well, the defensive line is going to have to be key to this. And SMU has its group healthy, ready to go. They're going to be um, the key to this. And what I mean by that is at various points in terms of watching with the naked eye, this group has not necessarily been at its best in terms of being in the right gaps. And outside of moments in the Rice game, there have been times where opposing teams have been able to run on SMU just a little bit. But I don't think it's been tackling as much. I think it's been pure alignment and kind of angles in terms of those gaps. And so having this defensive line that SMU has be able to create the uh, uh, control this front is going to be really, really important. 
And that's what I'm watching closely for in this one when it comes to SMU's matchup with this Memphis offensive line. This is an offensive line that going into the year was kind of much maligned, wasn't thought of much. Well, they almost have a thousand yards, a thousand yard rusher going into the second to last game. They play Temple next week. So, you know, he's probably going to get it if he's healthy. And SMU's defensive line has been the strength of this defense, in my opinion. And I'm expecting Charles Woods to play on the back end. I'm expecting Isaiah Wachobia. Brian Massey is somebody I expect to play. Brandon Crosley was not on the depth chart this week, so I do think he could very well redshirt this year um, and, and probably make a return to action uh, against North uh, against someone in the uh, um, conference championship game, but we'll see. He's going to be available. I'm sure he'll travel, but that's something worth noting there. He was not on the depth chart this week, um, but having guys like Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts, Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, those are all important pieces for this SMU defense. And um, they're going to have to find ways to control the line of scrimmage, including Corey Roberson. So we're going to be watching uh, this matchup closely. If SMU can stay in their gaps, play sound, disciplined defense, I expect the Mustangs to get the win. Um, I think they've got a chance against a bad Memphis defense statistically. If they play clean and win the turnover battle, they should be able to run the football. They should be able to make enough plays to to top that forty point mark, which has been, you know, pretty safe bet for the most part uh, for SMU this season, save for a few different games. But uh, I've I've got SMU winning forty two twenty seven. I believe I said um, on the Walking Strong podcast with Bill. Um, I like that number. I think Memphis has been in a lot of close games lately. Um, they had to fend off Charlotte. They had to fend off, um, I believe, North Texas. Um, I just had their schedule here. Uh, now, of course, it went away. But um, Memphis, you know, playing that, uh, yeah, 59-50 shootout against South Florida, 45-42 against North Texas, 45-21 against UAB. Um, this is a Memphis team that has to score points uh, to feel safe. And against SMU's defense, I'm just going to bet on them to hold them to a reasonable number. I, I think if special teams doesn't completely blow it, SMU should be able to control this one and feel pretty good about their stance throughout it. And uh, that's why I like SMU to win 42-27. I think Memphis will be able to score some points. And maybe there's some field position game that kind of goes Memphis's way. Sutton Smith is a good return man. But overall, I like where SMU is. I like the confidence of this team. I like the veteran mentality of it. This is the biggest game you could argue in the last decade for SMU in terms of football history. I mean, honestly, if they win this one, you're I, I don't know if they are in, in, but they are they're pretty much in if you assume you can take care of a Navy football team at home that would come into that one. Um, I believe they're uh they're three they're four and five on the year. They're not the normal Navy team. Win this one you're in the AAC championship game. That should kind of be the mentality among SMU fans. The team's got to look at it as, you know, beat Memphis and that's the game on your schedule. But that's why I like SMU. I, I think they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage just enough to win this one 42-27. So with that, we are going to preview the game with Jonah Dillon of the Commercial Appeal. We're going to do that on the other side of this break of the On the Pony Express podcast. So stay tuned for that interview on the other side of this break. Guys, 
Before we go any further, I got to tell you about our friends at HelloFresh, and they are absolutely killing it right now. The holidays are that perfect time to get on board with HelloFresh. A lot of people are going to be in and out of your house. Um, you need some easy, um, you need some easy uh, meals to make happen uh, during the holiday season. And it's right around the corner. And HelloFresh can take that stress away from making dinner, making lunch, making breakfast uh, for your family or just you know you and your own. Um, and they deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right to your door, saving you tons of time. You don't have to go to the store and figure out, all right, am I going to um, you know, get this, get that? They already have it portioned out. You don't have to go in and uh, guess kind of, okay, all right, I've got to pick up this seasoning, that, um, whatever. It's all in the box. And um, I tell you what, uh, we had for dinner recently the creamy dill pork tenderloin with couscous and green beans. And I tell you what, guys, when I, I the sauce for this couscous and pork tenderloin was out of this world. My wife and I loved it. And again, everything is already portioned out, whether it's the steak or, or meat that you have in there, whether it's your vegetables, um, whether it's the salt, the pepper, all those things are already done for you. So um, it's the perfect way to make meals easy and fun. I mean, I like cooking, but again, it's kind of always that whole, let's get all the ingredients together. And then maybe by the end of the week, it, it's kind of a waste. So um, HelloFresh's ingredients travel from the farm to your door. So you know they're fresh and everything arrives again, pre-portioned so you can get to cooking right away. And again, my wife and I, we love doing this. Um, she's pregnant right now. So we're also trying to eat healthy and HelloFresh has healthy options for you if you're trying to go, go down that uh, route. So be sure to check them out. HelloFresh. And the great part is, is they're now including breakfast. If you go to hellofresh.com slash pony free, P-O-N-Y-F-R-E-E and use code PONYFREE for free breakfast for life. That is one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash PONYFREE using that code PONYFREE. Check out America's number one meal kit. That's HelloFresh. Our friends over there just do an incredible job. We love them. Great partner of the program. So uh, check them out, hellofresh.com slash Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are lucky to be joined by our next guest, uh, Jonah Dillon, who covers the Memphis football program for the commercial appeal over there in Memphis, is joining us now on the podcast. Thanks so much for the time, Jonah, and uh, how's everything going over there this season? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild season, up and down, uh, life or death, pretty much every game for Memphis. Uh, so it's definitely been exciting to cover, and, and it feels like it's all kind of led to this week. So it's very exciting that we're actually here. And for Memphis, uh, Rhett Lashley has called the program the the gold standard, really, of consistency uh, for this conference. And once again, they're right there challenging for an AAC championship game appearance. What is different? What is the same about this version of the Memphis football team and kind of what we've seen in the past when they've been up at the top of the conference? Yeah, I think this team is, it's definitely more experienced than they've been in the past couple of years. And you see that with how they've figured out a way to win close games last year. That was the biggest problem for this team. Uh, 0-4 in games decided by 
uh, touchdown or fewer. And then this year they're four and one so far in those types of games. So that's been the biggest difference. Um, we've seen, especially in the last couple of weeks, some of those shootout type games that that fans expected under Mike Norvell, but maybe didn't see all the time under Ryan Silverfield. The past three games especially have been wild, obviously 59 to 50 against USF. That's about as crazy as it gets. So um, it's been exciting. It's been up and down. Um, there have been a lot of mistakes. There have been a lot of big time comebacks. And uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. With Seth Hennigan at the helm, I mean, Memphis is never out of a game. Uh, he's He's been awesome uh, ever since he burst onto the scene there early in his career. Almost let that come back last year at SMU. Um, what have you seen from him this year and just how has he continued to take steps in, in his overall development? Yeah, well, we've really seen it over the past couple of weeks. He, he obviously got injured um, in that South Florida game and there were questions about if he was going to play against Charlotte last week. He played, he got injured, left the game, came back in the game. And then I thought played even better in the second half once he came back from the injury and kind of led that comeback down the stretch. Memphis was down by 10 points, close to the end of the game came back, forced overtime, won in overtime. I think with Seth Hennigan, it's been – people have been expecting him to kind of take the next step going into this season, and they were a little bit frustrated with some of the turnovers earlier in the season. But he had a stretch with three games without a turnover, and he's really playing his best football now. I mean, I think the, the South Florida game before he got injured, I think a lot of people were saying that was actually his best game that he played as a Memphis Tiger. And – and he, you know, he wants to raise his game. He knows, obviously, this week going up against Preston Stone, another quarterback that people talk about a lot throughout the conference. You know that that means he wants to raise his game um, and be at that elite level. Um, he's got two really talented uh, pass catchers in Rock Taylor and Demir Blankumsee. I, I think I nailed that one, maybe not. Um, but what is what is the key to this passing attack being as effective as it is this year? Yeah, the key has been there's just so many different guys that step up. Brock Taylor, I think, like you said, he, he's kind of that top guy. But other than him, I mean, Demir Blankumsee, yes, good job with the pronunciation. Um, <laughs> uh, Blake Watson obviously has been a, a huge key as a running back, but but he's been really big in the passing game as well. You've got guys like Kobe Drake, um, Towski Dove. You know, people just come up with big catches whenever they need to. Anthony Lanfear, the tight end, has been a, a pretty significant weapon, especially on third downs. Um, and they really just replaced their entire receiving core from last season. They brought in a lot of new guys. Um, you know, Joe Skates was a guy who had that last second touchdown catch against North Texas. So you never really know who's going to be in the middle of it, but somebody has been stepping up pretty consistently throughout the season. Blake Watson is somebody Memphis uh, has rolled out there this year and has been super productive and almost a thousand yards now, six yards a carry. SMU's defense is the top in the conference, uh, a top 10 defense nationally. They've got a big defensive line. What's the offensive line situation at Memphis? Obviously, they've got to be good to be able to do what they've done for the most part this season. But how do you kind of see that offensive line matching up with SMU's defensive line? Because I feel like that's going to be the key to Blake Watson being able to have success and keep keep going the way he has this season. Yeah, the offensive line for Memphis, you know, there were questions coming into the season about the offensive line and they, they needed to improve. And I think that they have. Um, the problem is over the past couple of weeks, they've been dealing with injuries. Last week against Charlotte, the entire left side of the line was different um, because of guys who were out. So part of it is is trying to get some guys back healthy. Left guard Jonah Gamble has missed the past couple of games and Mac Pounders, who's the left tackle, missed the Charlotte game. So 
they're hoping they can get those guys back, but um, it, it certainly helps if you have Blake Watson back there. He's been kind of the the answer to Memphis running back questions for the past couple of years. He's been the undisputed number one guy. Like you said, maybe we'll get to a thousand yards uh, this weekend. Obviously SMU's defensive line is hoping that they can hold that off for another week. Um, but, but that's been a big weapon for them. And I think, like you said, that's going to be a big matchup because SMU has talent across the field, but, um, if you're Memphis, you need to run the ball. That kind of sets everything up with Seth Hennigan in the passing game. Let's flip, flip over to the defensive side of the ball, ranked on 100th and uh, 4th in total defense. What's that unit like? Uh, SMU really kind of talked up the fact that they do get off the field fairly well on third downs. They might give up a ton of yards, but they're still a good unit that can give them issues. What have you seen uh, from this Memphis defense this, this season? Yeah, I think it's safe to say they've struggled in the past couple of weeks. They've been giving up a lot of points to teams that, you know, Memphis would expect to go in and beat. Obviously, that's symptomatic of the whole issue, which is being in close games with teams that you would expect to beat. Um, they did get, you know, the takeaways have been kind of the saving grace in a couple of these games against UAB. You know, the defense was kind of all over the place, and then they forced some takeaways, and that kind of let them control the game. And even against Charlotte last week, you know, you give up all these points. You've got a running back who came in with one career carry, rushes for almost 200 yards, um, and you force takeaways. You get a pick six, and you get an interception at the end of the game to make sure it goes to overtime. And so they can kind of hang their hat on that. Um, I think the secondary has really struggled, and that's obviously a huge concern this week with what SMU's offense can do. And it's about putting everyone in better positions. I think if you talk to coaches on the defensive side of the ball, they would say, you know, the defensive line is not putting the linebackers in the position. The linebackers aren't putting the the cornerbacks in the right position and so on. Um, but they have it in them. You know, earlier in the season, people were talking about this defense is going to anchor the team, right? And so now we're talking about shootouts every week. Uh, at the beginning of the season, it was maybe Memphis can just lean on this defense and they can kind of carry them. So they have it in them. It's just a matter of putting it all together. How important is Chandler Martin to what they do Um day in, day out uh, in that defense and, you know, double digit tackles for loss. Um, he's got two sacks on the season, but how important is he uh, for that defense? Yeah, he's huge. Obviously he had that pick six last weekend. He's, he's the player who, if you're just watching Memphis's defense, he's the one that you're going to notice. He's flying all over the field. He's making tackles. He's popping up. He had a huge tackle at the end of the fourth quarter um, to get the defense off the field, to give the offense the ball back, to get that field goal to tie the game. Um, and that was on a third down. And and he's the guy alongside Jeff Ken Arku, who's another linebacker. I mean, they're the best players on the defense. They're the guys that are kind of powering the whole thing. Um, and Chandler Martin is one of those guys who just he's everywhere and he's going to clean up a lot of problems that that maybe shouldn't be there in the first place. But he's been just a huge player, especially, you know, coming in as a transfer from ETSU. You might not know what you're getting in a guy like that. And he's he's kind of been everything that they expected and more. And for uh, this defense, how do you feel like overall it matches up to SMU's offense from what you've been able to see this year? I, I think Memphis's strength is when they've played SMU particularly well up in Memphis. They've they've not lost SMU in about a decade. They've been able to just out-physical them. And SMU's offensive line is kind of in the same boat. There were some questions going into the season, but uh, they were able to kind of you know, put together a, a strong middle of the season here as they've started to kind of mount up with the, with the rushing attack and things like that. But, you know, how do you feel like Memphis's defense uh, like matches up with what all the things that SMU does offensively? 
yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a tough matchup, and I think everybody on this Memphis coaching staff knows that. Um, I think, like I said, the secondary struggling obviously is a concern when you look at you know the caliber of, of SMU's offense and their quarterback. Um, and then I think the physicality, like just everything I said about the offensive line trying to win the battle of the line of scrimmage, that that goes the same on the other side of the ball. And if SMU can run the ball consistently, you know Memphis is going to have a lot of trouble. And obviously we're coming off a week in which, like I said, Charlotte has a running back who's maybe their fifth string guy who rushes for almost 200 yards. So if it's that kind of a performance again, it's going to be a long, a pretty long afternoon for Memphis's defense. And I think they know that. I think you're hoping, you know, they rise to the level of competition. They kind of go back to what they showed in those first couple of weeks of the season when it looked like, you know, they were playing at a really high level. They dropped their game earlier this year to Tulane. What went wrong in that game? And I mean, is, is were there was there anything that really like stuck out to you and and said, well, when they get to some other matchups against teams of that caliber, that might come back and and bite them? Yeah, they just have to play a complete game. I mean, if you look at that Tulane game, there was a point where Memphis went on a twenty-one to nothing run, and it was in the second half, and it looked like, wow, this you know they're just beating Tulane everywhere. And obviously we know what Tulane did last year. We know what Tulane did this year. And there was a stretch of the game where everything was going right. And then it just wasn't anymore. And if you look at the rest of Memphis's games, even the ones that they've won, there's always a point in the game where something just doesn't go right. And it's almost like they're in a free fall. And sometimes it's the beginning of the game. Sometimes it's the second half, you know, hopefully you get it out of the way early. Um, But you've got to play a complete game. You've got to be consistent and consistency has been a problem. And they know this week SMU is is at that level at the top of the conference where you can't just play them for a couple quarters and then, you know, wait and hope that you survive. You've got to play the entire game. And that's what fans are kind of frustrated with because they've seen Memphis do it in every game. They saw them do it against Missouri when Memphis was winning against Missouri and St. Louis in, in a hostile environment. And then the same thing kind of happened. So um, there's definitely positives to take from that, but also you can, you could look at every game, including the losses and the wins, and say, you know, this wasn't good enough across the board. Um, and they haven't shown consistently that they can kind of put that all together. Yeah, when I was watching some of the the Charlotte game last week and SMU fans, nervous SMU fans were as well. They were hoping, wow, is Charlotte going to help us out here and, and get this thing across the finish line? Because SMU has not won up in Memphis in a decade, like we talked about. What say you? Do you think SMU can come in and, and uh, change things up a bit and, and, you know, beat them? Or do you think Memphis uh, has what it takes to play that complete game and, you know, tell Vegas to shove it and keep on rolling? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm expecting a close game. You know, I said that last week when we got to Charlotte and some of the the Charlotte reporters and, and everyone around that team was saying, Oh man, this is going to be a blowout. And I said to them, I don't think you guys have watched Memphis play all year. You know, it's it's always close, one way or the other. And like I said, that that's true for the games where Memphis is an underdog. You know, the game is close, even if they lose, and it's and it's true when they're a favorite. So you look at this spread, and I of course it makes complete sense why SMU is favored. Um, but I'm expecting a close game just because what about Memphis season suggests that it's not going to be a close game. Um, I think SMU has has probably is the more talented team and I think we get into a shootout because every game is a shootout, obviously. And, uh, and I think SMU probably edges it out, but, but I would expect a one score game um, that kind of goes back and forth. Let me end with this. The conference realignment that has gone on across the country, Memphis comes out 
sitting in the AAC, at least as of now, um, and who knows when it picks back up again. But what is the feeling around this program kind of overall right now? Because they're having success. They're right in the thick of a conference championship race. But, you know, there is these changes coming where SMU is going to, you know, sneak away from this league and Memphis is, you know, going to be left behind. Yeah. Memphis fans are, are very upset. Memphis is very upset about everything going on with conference realignment and, and understandably so. Um, you can see it in how Memphis fans react to Cincinnati, Houston, and, and UCF, and you can see it in how they react to SMU so far this season. And I would expect that's only going to continue, especially when SMU is off in the ACC next season. Um, and you just go back to, you know, you can only play the team that's in front of you every week. And Memphis has gotten to this point in the season where they're in the thick of the AAC title race without having beaten, you know, a team above 500 this entire season, which is crazy to think about. Um, and like I said, those games haven't necessarily been easy. Um, but the expectation, at least in this version of the conference, is that Memphis should be at this point basically every season, especially with football and especially with the resources that, that Memphis has versus a lot of these other programs. Um, and I think that's extra motivation to play SMU because it's a chance to say, okay, you guys are leaving, but we get to kind of send you out, um, hopefully on a negative note, right? And then this will be the last time these teams play for the foreseeable future. Um, and so it's definitely an interesting dynamic to this game, and it'll be interesting to see how it kind of shakes out moving forward. Yeah, kind of the same situation SMU dealt with last year playing Houston, um, and they were able to send them out. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be an interesting one. I, I feel like we're, we're in for at uh, the Liberty Bowl, but 11 a.m. Central, it'll come quickly. So enjoy the game. Um, my wife's running uh, stats are in the commercial appeal from when she was growing up in high school. Um, so somewhere back <laughs> there uh, in, in the uh, archives, I'm sure. But Jonah, thanks so much for uh, joining us and enjoy the game on Saturday. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks a lot. There he is, Jonah Dillon, uh, with the commercial appeal, stopping by to preview the game with us at the On the Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on three and on Instagram at on three SMU. And keep it locked to ontheponyexpress.com for more coverage. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.